Welcome to the Forensic Cop Podcast. Liverpool nil, Brighton one. I actually saw that one coming. I don't know about you. Yeah, you were kind of telling me that beforehand. You were uh, you were saying that every every time we get big transfer news, we somehow manage to lose the next game in uh, in the January transfer. So uh, you did say you saw that coming. I didn't because I guess I was hoping that we could continue whatever good feeling we had from the last game. Yeah, it, it isn't just transfers. It's just in general with Liverpool. I found that whenever we have some good news coming in, it almost never follows up with a good game. Um, but we will get good subsequent games after that. And and also besides that, I think it was also knowing that Manchester City was on the horizon. I haven't really seen anything change since our poor form and two recent wins. Except, of course, we, we did play a, a little bit better, but I didn't really see any other changes to suggest that we would never play poorly again this season. I, I just was also surprised that it came so quickly, but I'm not surprised that we lost. Yeah, I mean, the other one is, and, and I know... You were saying, and, and I think a lot of people have said that Brighton deserved the win. Yes. Um, not not that I'm disagreeing that they played a... I don't want to say a good game, because they didn't play a good game. They played a tactical game. So I think Brighton played tactically well. But at the end of the day, I'm going to put this one square at the feet of Salah. Because he had one, like, golden chance to make it one nothing, And I think we win the game if he scores there. And then he had just as good a chance to score later in the game to make it 1-1. And he screwed both of them up. And, like, given where we are for margins of error right now, and given how hard a time we're having, you know, our, our best paid player needs to play like he's the best paid player. Consistently. Consistently. And, and frankly, I mean, the whole game, the whole game he got owned. Like, there was no point in the game where he put a move on that. What's that tall guy that was defending him? Burn or something. Yeah, like, at no point did he put a move on that guy. Like, he had 90 minutes to get by him once. I just wanted it once. So he he's beginning to remind me of Origi in, in that even when even in the games he scores, he doesn't necessarily play well. So even the game against West Ham that he scored those two amazing goals, he had a terrible first half, and until he scored that first goal... Nothing was coming off for him. And and so the problem that I see with Salah is when his moves come off, he ends up looking like a world-class player we can build our side around. However, he's not consistent enough to do that. And so we end up getting in trouble when we over-rely on him. Um, so I, I But think when, when do his moves come off? Because now everybody his, knows. In his first season. You, you pile three guys around him, and he tries the exact same move that he does when there's one guy on him and he loses the ball and then he goes chases after it and then gives that little hop with a smile or a hop with a grimace, depending on how he feels and repeat ad nauseum. Yeah. And, and, and I think that um, he is so unlike with Sadio Mane, uh, Salah can't seem to learn how to involve his teammates instinctively it's almost as if instinctively he needs to be selfish and when he overthinks it he ruins the 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 move because he delays his pass or he picks the wrong pass and so it's either Klopp recognized this and and which is why he tells him you know what just stick to your instincts because you're not very good at anything else or 
Klopp needs to reinforce that he needs to open his eyes and pay more attention to the people around him. So I'd actually go a bit further. I find with Salah, it's um, as opposed to Mane. When Mane is not scoring and things aren't going for him, he still affects the game. He still, You still feel his presence in the game um, in a positive way. Where with Salah, it's almost like you feel his presence in a negative way. Like I felt in this game, he was the cause of, or the giveaways were all related to him. He'd get the ball, try to dribble through guys, lose it. Or we try to put the ball over for him to run onto and we'd lose it. And like, clearly they knew it was coming. You know, there's a tall guy on him who I guess we thought, oh, he's faster than, but they'd already told their keeper, remember to come out because they're going to try to pop it over. And every time they put it too far, the keeper would get it. And we kept trying it the whole game instead of realizing after the first 20 minutes, it's not going to work. But the whole point is, like, it felt like anytime we tried to get the ball to Salah or we managed to get the ball to Salah, it was a giveaway. Like, we're we're almost losing possession in whatever tactic we're doing with Salah these days. Yeah, and not to pick on Salah, although there's a lot to pick on, on him for, but it does seem as if he believes in his mind that his purpose in the team is to score goals. Nothing more, nothing less. And again, I don't know if that's a fault of Klopp or t- to Klopp's um, credit, because it's clear that when he's not scoring, we suffer as a team because he adds nothing else. But then when he does score, we rely on those goals. So I think we we have to make a, a, a decision on him in the near future because we're, we, we have built our attack around him. And it's clear that it cannot be reliant on him alone. Well, I mean, uh, like the, uh, you say it can't be reliant on him. I think it's pretty clear what the decision has to be. Like at this point, unless I'm not seeing things right, he is no longer creating goals. He is the beneficiary of good passes and good plays. That's a good way to put it. Like, like I can tell you honestly, you know, when, when Firmino, Mane and Salah were working well together, the three of them through movement would create and maybe Salah was the beneficiary, but he still played a part in creating. Right. Where now he's not creating anything individually. He's not creating anything for anybody else. When he scores, it's a great pass from someone or it's a nice deflection. Like, I feel like he personally is not bringing much to the table in terms of generating chances. And he's missing the great ones that we have. Agreed. And when he is the primary beneficiary of our our chances and opportunities, we really are dependent on him putting them away because if he's not putting them away, nobody else is getting those opportunities. And that's where we're suffering. Well, Firmino had a couple opportunities and he managed to put them, I'm, uh, I mean, not away so much <laughs> as away. Yeah. Uh, to be honest, I'm not even considering him a factor anymore, which is sad. He literally is, I'm going to say 12th man, but he's almost, yeah, he's like a nothing man. He, he, he makes us play, it makes us seem as if we're playing with 10 men because when he was at his best, he was dropping deep, pulling the defenders out of position and then coming up with a quick pass and then um, the occasional goal. Now he's just doing everything a lot slower and more predictable. So it's literally like just having one man less and he's giving the ball away. The, the thing is, to me, it's not even that he's doing it slower and worse. It's he's a giveaway machine 
for one, but two, his first touch is like the stuff of nightmares. Like every time a pass comes to him, all you need to do is be near him and he's going to put too much weight on it and you can just steal it from him. Like it was truly phenomenal how bad his first touch is. Like, I don't know if they're not getting enough time on the training ground or what, but it was, it was, I mean, it was just not good. That being said, it's not like, you know, the goal that Brighton scored was a thing of beauty. That was, you know, dumb luck mixed with a good tip. So, you know, it's, it's not like, you know, they deserve to win. Meh. Their goal was pretty fluky, you know, so I, I would argue, I think it was a draw would have been fair in a way, but one, it's one of those games where any little deflection can, can make the difference. The reason I think that they deserve to win is because they played their game plan effectively. They had a lot of good intricate um, passing in the midfield, and then they made the most of the few opportunities they had where they, they did stretch us and pull us out of position. And so, yeah, if Liverpool played that game against, say, Barcelona, I'd say Liverpool deserve to win. So I don't want to be um, nitpicky the other way around. I, I, I think they deserve to win. So what I will say is, to that point, I've actually been thinking about it. So I actually don't like what Brighton did. And I'm – so, you know, I watch the games with my kids who are quite young. And I can tell you in this game, like in some of the other games, um, like I have my daughter – say uh daddy why does that team not want to play soccer they weren't that bad they weren't as bad as west brom so they weren't as bad as some of the others but you know my kids will watch a full 90 minutes now you know of a good soccer game and these games they walk away from um again they're young and they want to go play which is fine but in terms of entertainment value, if I was telling someone, hey man, you really got to watch a, a Liverpool game or you really got to watch a good EPL game. If they're watching this, like this is not a turn on. This was not an exciting game by any stretch. Yeah, but that was our fault, not Brighton's fault. Well, when Brighton gets 11 men in the box to defend, that's not much of a game. Like, don't get me wrong. I know that they had some attack, but that's why I'm saying they didn't play a good game. They played a tactical game. And I feel... I'm starting to feel more and more like tactical games are, you know, maybe not like watching paint dry, but approaching those levels. So what is it that Man City does that we can't seem to do when people just pack the defense? Why are they able to turn such tactics into a reasonably watchable game when we cannot? Oh, they're not that much more watchable. I mean, they, they generate more chances. Okay, at least they win. They win because they generate more chances. Right. So Because they don't have an anchor in the middle named Firmino. Because they don't have the shooting wide wonder named Salah. Because they can finish here and there. And once, again, if Liverpool had scored on Salah's first chance, this game is over. a fun game. Yeah. No, it's not game over. It's game on. Right? Like Salah scores at early when he does. And all of a sudden, Brighton might sit back still because it's early in the game, but they'll be pushing a lot more. And definitely by the end of the game, it's a competitive game. So part of it is we're just, we're not getting that early goal. Like look at some of Man City's games and they're scoring in the ninth minute. They're scoring in the fourth minute. Like that completely changes a game. And to be fair, we tried. I, I could tell that we came out because we, we did play well the first 10, 15, maybe even 20 minutes. We played... 
we reminded me of last season or the season before in the way we played. And so I was thinking, okay, um, that's good. The boys are back. Even if they haven't scored, that's good. But then Klopp's right. They And we've been saying this for weeks. They're not only mentally tired, but they're now also physically tired too. Don't ask me to explain why James Milner not only started but played. He played 90 minutes, right? You know, he was still running by the end. That's not the point, though. I mean, I, I actually literally thought that Curtis Jones was injured and not on the bench. I, I couldn't believe when we were texting during the game that you said, oh, we have Jones on the bench. I thought, why is he not starting this game? You thought, why is this guy telling me lies? Y- yeah. no, no way Klopp would leave him off, which right? I agree. No way Klopp would leave him off. You, you, you allow him to play this game, you rest James Milner, and then bring him in for Man City. I, 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 I don't understand why he didn't start this game. And I'm not trying to, to blame James Milner, but we needed something more than what Milner offers. You know, all I can think is maybe he felt with Hendo in the back line, he needed leadership in the middle, which, I mean, is pretty damning assessment of Genie, frankly. Then rest um, Genie then, right? Yeah, it's true. I mean, I, I don't see why you play Milner and Genie. Yeah. Like, I don't see what you get. And and Shaq, I, I think he thought he was on the wrong pitch or something because he's not, like, that side... Again, I, I like Shaq in, a, in certain games more than I like Origi, but not on that side. Like, it yeah, just and it makes it, no sense. And it's, yeah, it's not just his side. It's I'll have to go back and watch Shaq's first two seasons with us, the six games or whatever he played. <laughs> but I seem to remember every time he played, he always created a chance. Yeah. At least one chance. But now of late, it seems like Klopp has convinced him to become a battling midfielder, which is not his game. Right. And I, I just don't understand why we're using him like that because he is the kind of person that can unlock teams like that if you play him in the right position with the right people around him and in, 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 in the right parts of the field. Well, I but, mean, if you ask me what I can remember of Shaq in this game, it was Shaq running like a headless chicken at guys who had the ball. And he's been doing that for the last three, four games that he's played. And he has, and, and it's A... It's clearly not his game because if anyone remembers when we got him from Stoke, the the criticism was he was lazy and he didn't right. run enough. Right. So clearly this isn't his game. This is Klopp telling him to do it. And quite frankly, I'd rather him not do that running and make two good passes a game. Yeah. If you asked me, do I want Shaq running around like that? Or do I want Shaq being less mobile but making two good passes a game? I would take the two good passes Absolutely. against Brighton. Yes. Against Man City, different story. Right. But against a team like Brighton, um, you know, I don't feel like their defense, like their defensive line was the reason they were getting chances up front. Right? Like, we didn't need Shaq to, to be part of the defensive structure against Brighton. Their players were nailed to the back. I mean, they played a high line, but at no point did any of them come barreling through and threatening to do anything. Right? Like you didn't need to remove the ball from them that aggressively. You needed to conserve your energy and figure out a good pass, a good cross. On top of which, how on earth does Shaq not take a corner? I don't know. I mean, Alexander Arnold and Robertson, I don't know, like they're tired or what, you know. <sighs> they were never fantastic at corners anyway. No, they uh, never were. Shaq, I mean, his, his free kick slash corner. 
ratio is probably pretty impressive if we actually sat down and did the numbers. So to be honest, his corners are the perfect. It, the, yeah, the in-swinging ones especially. The, the Like, I'm, I'm even picturing them that he took from the game before. They are low, so but high enough to clear that first man. Mm-hmm. And they come down right in the middle of the box, but they're hard enough that the goalie can't come out to them. Exactly. They're perfect. And they're the kind of headers that you don't need to generate power. You just need to contact right. and direct. Right. They're perfect. They're literally what every little kid should learn when he's staying in a corner. Robertson puts, the, I was about to swear, Robertson puts the ball out of bounds half the time when he tries to do his corner. And Alexander Arnold doesn't know where he's aiming, I think. I don't know if there's different plans, but like they're just terrible. Um, the one thing I will give them is they had a nice free kick that Firmino managed oh. to like destroy. I mean, there again. So, so again, I mentioned earlier, he's just doing everything a lot slower. He did the right thing with that free kick, except he was like running at half the speed of everybody else, right? So, of course, they'll clear the ball. And 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 it's even more basic than that. On that play, he ran at it like there was nobody around him. He's clearly closer to the ball. You run to cut off the defender. He should have changed his body from being here to moving over Mm. to the side to essentially make the defender have to kick him to get the ball. And he did. He didn't position himself. He didn't do it quickly enough. He didn't position himself. He did nothing he was supposed to do. It was a great play. And he managed to screw it up, and I'm, I'm beside myself. I I have nothing to say about Firmino anymore. Um, you know, I think he was great three years ago. I don't know what's happened since, but you know, he didn't he didn't look great this game. Honestly, I can't think of anyone man of the match. Is there anyone you can think that looked good? Oh boy. Um. So no one up front. No one at the back. I feel like a broken record, but I always just default to Henderson whenever I can't think of anybody. But yeah, I thought Hendo and, and Phillips played that's pretty not, well together. That's not really saying much. Yeah, um, you know, Phillips had a chance to swipe at the the goal, um, the one that they scored. Right. Um, he missed it by a bit, but he was going in the opposite direction. He had to turn around. Like it was, it was not an easy play. Um, positionally, I thought he was very good. He got his body in the way yeah. a lot of times. Um, they played well. The, the defensive, yeah, the, the center backs played well. Yeah, the so, center backs played well. The keeper did what he needed to do. You he, can't fault him is, on the goal. Yeah, he is. He does slide around a lot. I'm not sure why, maybe because he's young. Um, and, yeah, that's that's about it. Tiago was Tiago. There's only so much he can do on his own, right? He, he, he depends on movement and vision from... The players around him and and you know what like when jota comes back i suspect tiago will have a field day have they have they played together do they maybe for a few minutes at everton or i mean jota was only there for a little bit yeah yeah i don't i don't think for long but just their games seem very complimentary sure. jota seems to have a knack for finding the open space and and tiago seems to have a knack for finding the open space with the ball so you'd so think I- they would work well together so I think Klopp has to do one of three things with Roberto Firmino. Either drop him, yes. tell him you're a number nine, I, I need you to play striker. No. Or tell him you're a midfielder, I need you to play midfield, and then find a striker to play ahead of him. Okay, so all- drop him. That's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> but we can no longer rely on him being our striker 
dropping into midfield and connecting play because he's a heartbeat of our team, quote unquote, because those days are long gone. He's essentially a wasted man. Unfortunately, yeah. And, and I mean, let's be honest, Klopp needs to figure this out and figure it out quick because we got Man City coming up and it's not getting any easier. For more stories, analysis and articles, go to the forensicop.com website.